Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 56, Ina Sharples. On Church Ahead, we've met some important Northern English cultural icons. We've met the artist Ellis Lowry painting an industrial world without much church in it. We've met the pop singer Morrissey singing about teenage misery. And today, the final figure in the Church Ahead trinity of cultural anchors as we chart the spiritual life of secular Northern England. And this time it's a woman, and a Christian woman at that. You might think after my three top men series I'm going to do a bit of gender penance. But I'm not the only one to think this woman is one of the most important people from the world I grew up in. In June 1965, Prime Minister Harold Wilson caused quite a stir with his five nominations for MBE in the Queen's Birthday Honours. For the first time, Wilson, determined to mark himself out as a man of the people, chose to honour five popular cultural figures who were changing the world. All five were from the northwest of England. Looking back, four of them were predictable enough. John, Paul, George and Ringo, the four Beatles. And the fifth was our woman today. Violet Carson, the actress who played Ina Sharples in Coronation Street. To honour pop stars and soap opera actor was quite a change of direction for the honours system. A former RAF squadron leader posted his MBA back to the Queen, accusing Wilson of debasing and cheapening the honours system. Wilson was a clever politician. He knew these honours would go down well in homes like mine, cementing our sense of him as our political leader. I can tell you, Harold Wilson was the only Prime Minister to make my grandma smile. Coronation Street is a serial soap opera set in fictional Weatherfield, a street of mainly terraced houses with a pub and a railway arch. It was an effort to bring the life of ordinary people in the industrial north of England to life on the screen. Quite notably, it came out of the stable of Granada, the independent television company, based in Manchester, determined to show a grittier side of life than the state BBC based in London. It was hugely successful and it's still going today. And in the world I grew up in, it was the most significant cultural reference point of any kind. Everybody I knew watched it every Monday and Wednesday evening. And the plot lines and characters were what we talked about at school. Some of the girls in my class called me Albert Tatlock, which was a way of saying I was a grumpy old man. The fast girl was Elsie Tanner, who wore makeup and high heels, and her temperamental opposite was Ina Sharples. Many of the strongest characters in the show were women, and the strongest of all was Ina Sharples. Ina Sharples was the puritanical battle axe. An older woman of plain appearance, she wore sensible flat shoes and her hair in a net, all wrapped up in a dowdy raincoat, 
Not that different from Harold Wilson's Ganax raincoat. OK, a bit humbler. If you walk past her in the street, you might not even notice her. But her words you would never forget. Ina's enemies would call her interfering and judgmental. Her fans would call her wise and full of common sense. Melvin Bragg says she was the conscience of the street. She was very much a Christian, a member of the Glad Tidings mission. But like Lowry, the creative brains behind this programme didn't want to talk about religion, so they played down her faith. She was the mission hall caretaker, but the camera never follows her into the hall. In this creative vision, the only point of her faith is so the audience can nod and say that's why she's so judgmental. Brutally honest, but not always tactful. Living on Coronation Street, she'd seen so many people get into trouble by making bad choices, so she would tell people what the good choice was. Young lady, if you go out for the night in that skirt, you're asking for trouble. Young man, if you go into that bookies, you're going to get addicted to something that will ruin your life. In 1960, Tony Warren, the inventor of this programme, was at his wit's end trying to find the right woman to play Ina Sharples. He tried out about 40 different women and he didn't think any of them sounded quite right in the role. So he approached the semi-retired radio star Violet Carson to play the role and was trying to explain the role to her in quite abstract adjectives. And she said to him, don't worry, <clears throat> I know exactly what you mean because there's been an Ina Sharples on every street I've lived on. Same here. When we moved to Chestnut Street by the Emmanuel, the Ina Sharples on our street was called Mrs Hartley. She'd walk past us playing football on the way to the evening service at Emmanuel and say, what's the point of that? Why don't you join the church lance brigade? And she was right. It was better. I think Tony Warren understood two things about life on streets like Coronation Street. Number one, they are matriarchal societies. The key community leaders are usually middle-aged and older women. And secondly, these women know how easy it is for young people in those areas to ruin their lives by getting expelled from school or pregnant too young or simply drawn into the wrong sort of company. They can spot the disasters people are walking into from a mile off and then give the warning. So why am I talking about Ina Sharples in this series about church and politics? Because the voice of Ina Sharples is an important voice in the life of poor communities and I don't hear that voice in church life today. Violet Carson played the role of Ina Sharples from 1960 to 1980. Britain is a very different place today. The economy has grown and we're a richer country. But life on the poorest streets is still very hard with lots of snakes and ladders. We talk a lot about poverty today. Everybody seems to have an opinion. My sense about the political discourse of this country is that people in power care more about the poor 
than they used to when I was growing up. The tone is kinder and less judgmental. The politicians probably do care. I think they've got their heart in the right place, but they don't necessarily know any more about the real causes of poverty. There's much more talk about poverty amongst church leaders. Every bishop seems to think they're an expert. But in general, I think they lack real experience and insight. Too many think that doing a few years stint in a poor parish qualifies them to speak on behalf of the poor as their elected representatives. I suppose no one ever voted for Ina Sharples. Who asked you would be the weary protest she hears many times a day. Well, the reality of poverty and the need to help one another through it is what asked her in my book. Ina Sharples is a voice I heard many times growing up. I didn't always welcome that voice, but it kept me out of trouble many times. It was a voice worth bearing in mind. And if I wanted to understand the real pitfalls and possibilities in any community, I would listen very carefully to the voice of Ina Sharples. It would be quite revealing about both the structural and personal reality of any struggling community. Now let me introduce you to a very different voice, which I hear much more of in church life, where people are talking about poverty. Philip North is Bishop of Blackburn, recently promoted from Bishop of Burnley, a junior role in the same diocese. He's got about a full decade experience of parish ministry in the struggling north-east towns of Sunderland and Hartlepool, and about 13 years at the Shrine of Walsingham and Central London in the south of England, and then eight years Bishop of Burnley, which is a pretty poor town. When I look through his online profiles trying to get his backstory, I can't find anything about his hometown or upbringing or schooling. So, I would confidently suggest that he has not been to a school like mine because he would play that card for all it's worth in his role as the Church of England poster boy spokesman for the poor. He's often referred to as an expert on ministering to housing estates. I'd be very surprised if he grew up in one. He said this to a conference of middle-class charismatic Christians. We're all trying massively hard to renew the church. We're working like crazy. We're praying like mad. We're trying every new idea under the sun. Yet the long-for renewal does not seem to come. In fact, decline just seems to speed up. Why? Why are we struggling so much? I want to suggest that the answer is quite a straightforward one. It's because we have forgotten the poor. Now that's very nice rhetoric, and I don't doubt Philip's sincerity. But what I can't help wondering is what does he know about the poor? In 2019, he campaigned for the church to abolish its wedding and funeral fees because he claimed were pricing poor people out of these services. So he thinks he understands how church fees affect people without much money. I remember a wonderful film about a priest coming to a northern inner city parish who has the bright idea of boosting wedding numbers. 
he saw people overspending on wedding outfits. So he set up a free-to-use borrow-your-wedding-dress service. He put a lot of work into it. He got people to donate quite decent dresses and morning suits. And what happened? I imagine Philip North would have loved this initiative. Ina Sharples could have told you what would happen. The poor people felt stigmatised and church weddings lost the glamour and aspiration that had made people want them. Wedding numbers went down. Now I don't know everything about Philip North, but his 2019 campaign alone is enough to convince me he does not understand poor people. His heart might well be in the right place, but he does not approach the church's ministry to the poor with real knowledge or insight. Nothing wrong with rousing the conscience of a few middle-class Christians at a charismatic jolly. But if you want to understand the way poor people live and think and sink and sometimes swim, give me the voice of Ina Sharples. Ina Sharples was not a saint and I'm not holding her up as a model Christian. She had a very hard life and perhaps she's a bit too sharp and confrontational. If I met her, I might suggest, Ina, it's not a sign of weakness, you know, to smile from time to time. Ina could be judgmental, sometimes too tough for her own good. You probably wouldn't want her to know all your problems. Sometimes you'd want a more sympathetic voice. But if church wants to understand poverty, it needs Ina's voice in the mix. Perhaps Phillips North might have a role to play too. But when I listen to contemporary Christian conversation about poverty, I feel that I hear far too many voices like his and not enough Ina Sharples. Perhaps the question behind the question is what place judgment? Judgmental put-down can disempower, but it can almost literally be salvation from stepping onto the wrong path. The Christian church is desperate to avoid sounding judgmental. Perhaps something has been gained there, but I can't help thinking something has also been lost. I wouldn't dare to add Revel to these three great giants of the Northern English cultural landscape, Lowry, Morrissey and Ina Sharples. Morrissey sometimes performs with an Ina Sharples t-shirt, by the way. But all four of us have grown up in the areas of Greater Manchester. People with a choice would not be seen dead in. We've been surrounded not just by mills and industrial decline for our landscape, but the Labour Party domination of our political environment, trades union membership and socialism. Some of us may have gone along with that for a while when we were younger, but none of us has been very convinced over the long term. All of us are political dissenters. We just don't think left-wing politics has really got much to offer the people we grew up with. We see that poverty can be real enough, but big state, high-tax, Public sector interventions feel to us 
like the political equivalent of the evangelical gospel. A big shiny idea that does not really deliver. A shortcut, a false hope, a distraction from the real business of life, which is about working hard, looking after your family and neighbours, whilst the economy slowly grows and most of us get better off over the long term. And meanwhile, voices like Ina Sharples are a very valuable guardrail. Ina represents for me the 1960s industrial world I was born into, a world that was run by women like her, and I grew up listening to their commentary on life. A couple of final thoughts. First, how much poorer people were, how much harder life was, perhaps too hard for the human spirit to thrive. Ina was born in 1898 in Ancoat, same decade as my grandma. Both women went into the mill as children. My grandma was 11 when she started half-time. I'm very glad to have lived in an easier age. But then secondly, how much we miss the voice of Ina and her generation. I would love to hear what she would have told you if you were careless enough to characterise the past decade of British experience with that word austerity. Austerity. Let me see now. Thank you for listening to episode 56. This series on church and politics has got quite a few weeks to go. We're going to look at housing, colonialism, should we kick the bishops out of the House of Lords? And next week, has the church found its true vocation in being bolshy and political? <laughs>